Let's shift focus now to the ethical reason behind following a plant-based diet. And this one I personally feel is becoming harder and harder to ignore. Documentaries like Game Changers and What the Health have laid it out in no uncertain terms. Factory farming is the single biggest contributor to global warming. So shouldn't we all be giving up meat for that very reason at least? Environmental studies have shown that a single hamburger takes two and a half thousand liters of water to make. That's a staggering amount of water, particularly for us in a country where it's a limited resource. Joining us now to unpack this further is co-founder of the Credence Institute, Brett Thompson. Welcome, Brett. Thank you for joining us this evening. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for having me. First of all, Brett, what is the Credence Institute? Uh, the Credence Institute is an organization uh, founded in Cape Town uh, we're from South Africa, and we are um, an, a think tank looking to advance the interests of animals through market-based solutions. So we try and a lot of organizations out there for sort of focus on, you know, why we need to do certain things, why we need to change our behaviors. And we're quite interested in to find out like the how, you know, how do we change people's behaviors? And, and we've, our focus is on providing those solutions through alternatives and through other options when it comes to uh, eating animals. So talk us through some of those solutions and alternatives that you promote. Mm-hmm. Well, we are right now engaged in a study, um, probably one of the largest studies in South Africa that's ever been completed about the perceptions um, of South Africans on cultivated and plant-based meats. So cultivated is meat that is taken from cells and grown from from an animal without an animal being having to be killed. And then plant-based meats are obviously the things that you are probably quite mm. familiar with, whether it's Beyond Meat or um, Fires Family Foods, which is a South African brand. And it's um, just trying to find out and understand sort of why people are making those choices and why people are switching to oat milk or soy milk or the like. And then the big thing from us is then is, is sort of trying to educate uh, retailers and the industry on that, that side to say like, well, people are looking for these options and how do we make them more available so it's easier to make that choice? Because once someone makes a decision that they want to eat less meat, for example, like I think that Lewis Hamilton clip said, it is still quite difficult. So how do we make it easier? How do we make it easier for someone to just be on the road and actually be able to pick up uh, a, a delicious, quick, uh, healthy snack or whatever it is, and uh, which happens to be vegan? Um, and I think it needs to go from being this is a vegan product, so something rather being like, oh, this happens to be vegan. And then people's perceptions on those barriers come down a bit, and they say, I just, I just want to choose it because it's, it's a delicious option, instead of saying, ah, oh, this is a vegan thing, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Brett, let's mm-hmm. just take a step back um, for a bit mm-hmm. of a scene setter and, and talk to us about the why. Tell us about mm-hmm. some of the horrors of factory farming and why we need to be making these changes. Well, look, I mean, in South Africa, we're eating um, a billion chickens. So, I mean, that number is just, you can't really wrap your head around it. Uh, a billion chickens a, a week? A billion chickens yeah, a, a yeah, year? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, so, no, no, yeah, sorry, yeah, let me just clarify that. Um, so, it's, uh, I think we're about eight or something in the world in terms of uh, per capita chicken consumption. And um, you can just imagine these animals are raised in exceptionally um, cond- uh, condensed conditions. Um, the average chicken will have like a it's an A4 piece of paper for its entire life. Oh. Its life is only its its life is only also 28 days on average, depending on really? what we yeah. It's a very short, very short life uh, for for animals. Um, cows are about three no six months. I can't I don't know all these figures off the top of my head anymore. But um, it's it's a very short life. It's a predominantly in a, in a again with chicken. It is in a factory condition. Um, they're not able to see. They're not outside. They're not able to sort of do their sort of natural perching or their um, you know, dust baths and whatnot. And it's um, it's a, it's it, the death is sort of almost a bit of a relief in terms of what um, they've been have to gone through to to get to that place. 
uh, I think there's also this perception, particularly in South Africa, uh, that it's not the case. You know, we don't have factory farming in South Africa. It's, it's an American thing or it's only in Europe or in the developed, uh, developed countries, but it's not the case. Um, you know, we, we have the same sort of systems developed um, in order to produce animals as quickly as possible um, to either get meat, egg or uh, dairies from them. And it, it, it's a cruel, it's a cruel um, process. Um, and um, chicken and particularly pigs are the ones that really do suffer the most uh, in, in, these, in, these, in these factory farm conditions. So it's clearly awful for the animals. And, and what's mm. it doing to the environment? Yeah, and also something that I'm uh, sorry that I didn't mention, but it's it's I think it is important, particularly now in in our country, it's also the people that are involved in that in that process of you know um, low income workers that have to be involved in the processing of these animals. It isn't it's a high it's a high um, stress job in terms of you know if you, you make they they suffer also quite a, quite considerably in terms of like losing digits and whatnot and involved in that process. So that's something that I think a lot of people fail to to, to think about. Um, when it comes to the environment, I mean, look, it's it just um, if, if there's around the world, there's something around the, like 60, 70 billion animals are raised for slaughter for food um, every year. And then when it comes to uh, fish, we don't actually know the numbers. I mean, some of the estimations are something between 0.9 trillion to 2.7 trillion fish. Uh, and it's just if we just look at fish, for example, um, it's, it's a tremendous amount of sort of strain that we have to put on the national environment to, uh, to, to round these animals up, to, to process them. And, then, and it's also quite inefficient if you think about it, because we've got to then, if, uh, going back to land, we've got to feed those animals something. And uh, crops, crops are grown and then fed to uh, a smaller amount of animals and then, then used to, uh, to, to feed a smaller amount of people with... Obviously, you know, the argument is to say, well, why don't we just cut out the middleman, the cow, the chicken, the pig, and rather just eat uh, the, the, the crops directly. And there's obviously a big difference. The reason why is because steak is delicious. Um, you know, people, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not I'm, uh, that's why people want to eat this stuff, burgers and whatnot. But trying to make those products, which if, you know, I think you said 2005, was it 2,500 liters for a burger? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, if you can, so so the whole point is that like, why if we can make a product, make a burger that can actually, um, you know, we that we it's just you, you're cutting down the, the you're cutting out the middleman, mm. um, that requires a far less sort of resources, whether it's land, it's water, um, yeah. I mean, we've also seen it in South Africa. Agriculture has definitely encroached on our sort of natural uh, environment when it comes to uh, wildlife. Um, it puts a bit a lot of strain and stress on the on the water resources as well, which you, you mentioned. And it just requires a lot more space. Um, regardless, even if we are doing factory farming, it requires space to grow feed. Feed is the big thing. Feed is where, um, um, you know, for, from for animals, it's getting grown, and it's it just it it, it really has to. Um, we chop down trees and, and forests and whatnot to get that point. So, yeah, you know, so the, it does take, it just takes a lot of space. And if you think about it, if we can make a quick change to something that's a bit more readily available, um, like a like a Beyond Burger or a Fry's Burger, uh, it is a, just a bit of, it's just a quicker process. Mm. If you're just tuning in, it's 26 minutes to 10. I'm Amy McIver, and I'm in conversation with Brett Thompson of the Credence Institute. We're talking about following a plant-based diet. Uh, Brett, you're the voice for Meat-Free Mondays. If one can't commit to a complete shift to a plant-based diet, is Meat-Free Monday at least a good start? Yeah, so I mean, Meat Free Monday is, is is something that I've been championing for for you know nearly a decade now. Um, it's become quite well known across 
um, South Africa and, and the rest of the world, it's a bit, it's a really good place to start. Um, you start it once a week. It's a Monday. Uh, it does make a difference. I mean, if you just think about it, if we reduce our um, our consumption by 16% or whatever it is, but once a once a week, it's going to make a massive difference in terms of um, uh, the impact of you know the amount of meat that we are eating. Mm. And I think it's also the, the what what we found as well as a, as an organisation is that um, it's. I think people have this perception it's either you're vegan or you're not. You're either part of the problem or you're against it uh, or, 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 or you're in favor of it or whatnot. And when you start cutting back on one day a week, it just makes it so much easier for a lot of people to sort of grasp and say, like, look, I can do this. And you can do it one day a week, two days yeah. a week, next thing. It's like there's a lot of things like there's vegan before six that some people do that's weekday vegetarian. Um, and something also that we um, that will be launched uh, in, in January is, is, is veganuary. And veganuary is for the month of Jan. You just you try go a plant-based diet, go for go for the whole month, and they provide a lot of resources and, and tips and tools and whatnot to help you make that transition. So if you are in South Africa, there's there's a whole bunch of information just available for South Africans on how to to go plant-based for a month. And Meat Free Mondays is a way to sort of move into that. So it's once a week. You kind of it's a Monday. You 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 you're starting new habits maybe, and and then you, you go from there. Because I think it's this perception to say that like. Oh, I've got to change my whole life. Vegan is this new identity that I have exactly. to adopt, mm. and I think that's a, that's. I think it's it's the fault of a lot of vegans to make this belief that there's this barrier that you have to go. It's a club, whereas we're saying you know, we want as many people to be part of this journey as possible, um, and being seen as like even those small incremental steps. You've got three meals a day. What if it's just one a week, one a day is, is, is vegan or vegetarian? That's part of the solution. And I think that's a, it's a perception just as much for um, people that are promoting plant-based diets as the ones that are trying to adopt it. I think those are really great initiatives because you've hit the nail on the head. As I've mentioned several times tonight, I would personally like to move to mm. a more plant-based diet. But the idea of switching completely is mm. it's too overwhelming at this point. Yeah. Well, just as a note, is like um, it's not about like I think I think there's another perception that it's all about taking away, you know, it's taking away meat, it's taking away my steak. Oh no, cheese. What about um, what about but this pizza? I can't give up that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but but uh, you know, uh, but what the way that I sort of try to frame it, it's like it's more about adding in. You know, you just why don't you put more on the plate mm. instead of taking away? And it just so happens that's my best. And then the perception that you would have is to say, okay, it's, um, I'm adding more. I'm trying new different things. I'm trying different foods. I eat a far more varied diet, or you know, uh, than than I did previously because it's you know it's chicken and chicken and some veg. It's pretty easy. But now you, you're able to sort of incorporate a lot more sort of um, different foods and whatnot from all over the world, which which happen to be plant based and also staple parts of the diet um, um, elsewhere. But we just don't see it here in South Africa and probably in the West. So I think it's it's just that mindset of say like okay well like often somebody will say to me like look I could just never give up cream cheese or be something random you know it'll be just like this arbitrary thing like I, I, goat's cheese is my like, that's why I'll, like, I'll die on that hill and then I'll just be like well just you just you can continue eating the goat's cheese if you eat the rest of you eating plant based and that's, that's like good. I mean that's good enough mm. so so I think I think that's a, a that's a way that um, you know my, the organization that we've co-founded like Credence we try and sort of tell that's the approach that we want to take. It's, it's about incrementalism. It's pragmatic steps opposed to seeing it as all or nothing because it isn't as easy as people sometimes think and make it out to be. You know, you still are going to go to a restaurant sometimes and there's not going to be many options for you and it's going to be a bit awkward. 
And I think um, what we've what we've found is that um, or listed the reasons why people go back and renee and go back on to eating meat is because that social pressure and that so, that awkwardness. You go to a braai and you're the only one eating a you know uh, some hummus. It's it's just it's a bit of, it's a difficult conversation sometimes. Mm. So then in those situations, then you can just say find yourself say look I'm not going to be vegan then, but for the rest of the time I am. And then eventually you'll be like okay I can actually eat this do this vegan thing for a little bit longer. Um, and it will become like, I mean, it was, it was really nice hearing it from, from, from Lewis is just to say, like, you can't look back once you cross over that barrier. But then I think what's just key is for a lot of people to then not, you know, see the people, as, you know, bad, as bad people because they are still in that part of the journey. They're still eating meat um, because, you know, you were somebody who was plant based and always plant based now at one stage ate meat. And you've got to see the world through the eyes. That at that stage with you, how you were. So anyway, I'm, I'm going, I'm getting, I'm, I'm rambling on a bit, but it's what I just would say is just don't see it as an all or nothing and just rather crowd, crowd out the plate of the meat on your plate. Brett, aside from Credence, one of the other hats that you wear is as a businessman running Mzanzi Meat. Talk to us about what that is. Yeah, well, I've, um, for my sins, I've, I've, I've decided to start a whole bunch of things and also doing a startup at the beginning of a pandemic is, uh, I can, I can recommend it. It's very, <laughs> it's one way to uh, get myself some gray in this ginger beard of mine. But, um, the, so, uh, so Credence is a nonprofit that we started last year and it's, um, and, and through that we sort of did some research on, on cultivated meat and, um, that meat is grown from, as I said, grown from cells instead of like killing the animal. The animal can actually continue to live. You just need to take some of the cells. Um, and we did some research on this, and, and out of that, we decided to start this company, a partner, a co-founder from a guy from Johannesburg, um, uh, Jay van der Waal. So we are the first uh, cultivated meat company in Africa and in South Africa, and we are aiming to be the first ones to grow and 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 produce and sell in South Africa a beef patty. And this beef patty. The animal will not die, but the, the, we will be able to have um, the meat. And so it's essentially, it's a biopsy from a cow. Um, you stimulate the cells and then you can, you, you know, look at the, com- the comparison is that's almost like a brewery. If you think mm. about beer, you can actually just, you can actually brew mm. the meat in vats. And then through that, the cells, um, you know, form and combine and then um, do become uh, do become uh, a burger or you can do a chicken style nugget or, or whatnot. So it's it's a very cutting, it's cutting edge. It's only been done for the past 10 years all over the world. Um, you know, there's, uh, in 2012, I think no one had done it before. And now there's about 60 companies around the world and, and we're the first in, in, in South Africa. That's really exciting. If you at mm-hmm. home have a question for Brett, remember you can call us on 021-446-0567 or send us a WhatsApp on 072-567-567. Brett, I, find, I think that one of the problems here in terms of mm-hmm. more people not following a vegan diet is that it's prohibitively expensive for a large part of mm. our population and also and also potentially inaccessible. Um, yeah. How do we get around that? Yeah, that's, I mean, that is, that is the question. Um, the, the one way that I look at that, on, I look at it as sort of two, two, uh, in two ways. Um, originally, you know, or traditionally, plant-based is what mo- most low-income people do eat throughout the world. Um, if you look at in, in Asia, India, and Africa, it, plant-based is sort of like the go-to, the default, because people don't have the luxury um, of, of being able to eat meat. 
Um, so it's kind of, we've changed a little bit with the urbanization that we've seen in South Africa. A lot of people are becoming wealthier and are eating more meats, but it's probably like a lot more processed meats and um, which is, it doesn't have the benefits of maybe uh, a meat that hasn't gone through um, that sort of level of process. When it comes to like vegan in maybe sort of the sense that we view it now, mm. plant-based, it's it's a lot more um, populated with the likes of the uh, the Beyond Meats burgers, which are like 130 rand yeah. from Woolies and uh, the dairy-free cheeses and, the, and the this and that, which, is, which are expensive, definitely. But if you had to focus on something like the rest of the the, the rest of the aisle, the veggies, the um, the grains, the nuts and whatnot. It's it is actually a very affordable diet if you aren't putting into all the sort of processed um, the processed um, meats and whatnot. So it's it's um, on, on the one sense a whole food plant based diet. I would sort of argue could be you know actually quite cheap in terms of it being accessible. It just means it's a bit more preparation. It's a bit more difficult to get um, uh, uh, to get it right to make it taste as good as maybe a, a steak and chips. But um, it is it is available um, in terms of when you're looking at something like. But okay, but I'm also very conscious of the fact that people aren't going to make a shift who are eating hamburgers and spaghetti bolognese and pizzas and, and whatnot to then <laughs> eating you know uh, chia seeds and, you know, and lentils, <laughs> which I mean I I mean I I've taken ten years to only really enjoy. Um, you know lentils. So, um, but so that's why that's why these um, meat alternatives are so important. Um, you know, having something like that is a chicken nugget, but it's made that's plant based. It just mm. enables people that who who feel like they're going to miss out um, to go and say like I can eat that and oh shit I'm so oh sorry they they, they don't have to worry. <laughs> they, they, you know, I bet you have that. So a lot of people have said it to me when they tried it because it's, it tastes so real. Um, so, um, but but the thing is, is like you know, the price is only going to come down with the economies of scale, um, and it's it, it actually does require some demand to sort of um, introduce uh, new supplies into the into the system, um, and then have people being able to sort of um, bring in those you know, it's, it's input ingredients need to come down, and that's only going to come through um, increased production. I mean, meat is mm. so cheap, chicken is so cheap because it's you know, it's, it's Literally a billion animals in, in a, uh, that we've been able to um, that we're farming. So that's why you know it is it's a it's a fair criticism, but I think it's it's not the whole picture to say it's not just that it's um, it's expensive. The price can and will come down. Um, there's a lot of organisations working on just in making sure that does happen. Um, but yeah, it does take some time, um, and it, it will it will require a lot of innovation. And I think um, I think there's uh, a long way to go. But I think it is it, we are starting to see that people like the more producers are getting into the bigger companies as well, um, Nestle and and the likes. So I actually also trying to introduce plant plant based options onto um, you know through their lines. And I think that we'll start seeing it being more readily available in the supermarkets. Retailers will start bringing it in at more length and uh, more often and that will just eventually bring the price to a place of price parity um, you know from plant-based meats I think it's going to get there quicker cultivated meat might take a little bit longer uh, that brings me to my next question Brett uh, mm-hmm. these I like to call them biotech burgers that you're in the business mm-hmm. of producing when are we likely to see those on shelves <laughs> Yeah, I know. So I, um, I, I need to keep my, you know, I always, my, my, my team always get a bit nervous when I say like we'll do it next week. But no, it's, uh, it's not, it's not there. Just in case anyone's listening. Um, but no, so we, we're looking um, within the within the 2024. I'll just say this is uh, roughly is when we want to be in, in in restaurants and limited restaurants and limited retail. Um, so so you know, looking at about three years. Um, there will be options available um, in terms of us being able to sample earlier than that 
but in terms of getting it right um, at a sort of level of retail, it's, it's, it's several years. Um, if you're looking at America and elsewhere, it's, some people are saying in the Asia for, uh, also next 12 months potentially. Um, but in South Africa, we hope to be the first, first to market within, uh, within the next couple of years. Great. Well, all the best with that. And thanks so much for joining us tonight, Brett. That was the Credence Institute's Brett Thompson on the line.